the biggest sports stories of the week. So you had never needed to stop for dinner at Magic City like Lou Williams did? <laughs> I mean, does anybody actually believe he just chose that just for dinner? Unique and compelling analysis and opinions when it comes to your favorite teams. All of the dynamics of Giannis. Did he foul out? Did he foul out? Did he not foul out? Did he foul out again? Did he hit the guy in the junk? Did he not hit the guy in the junk? Like, there was so much going on. Plus some fun with pop culture. Whereas Back to the Future 3, more of a cinematic masterpiece where you feel like you need to watch it uh, beginning to end. This is Sunday Karma. Just keep doing it, Kyle. All right, don't we, listen to your teachers. Yes, exactly. I never did. That's what I teach Harper. Oh, no, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I tell yeah, her, yeah. always listen to your teachers. Now, live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All Studios at Radio City, alongside his precocious daughter, Harper, here's GKB founder and CEO, Craig Karmason. <laughs> some fill-ins today we got some people filling in today in for harper nolan murphy in for kyle wallace joshy is that what you're known as that most commonly yeah it's joshy from the scout zone brush show and we're gonna be talking about uh aaron Rodgers today shocker but you know what you're gonna actually hear the real deal the real story um, should I make you guys tell what people think the Aaron Rodgers story is, and then I'll I'll correct you along the way? Because I, I sit here listening to these stations all week, and it's like blasphemy. By the way, Wildy knows way more of the story than me, but um, I, I don't know if Wildy does. Yeah, I think Wildy does, because uh, he knows everything. But there's so much that is is being thrown around that's just not right, and... And there's so much obvious stuff that you can work through and figure out, you know, when you when you just, you know, use some common sense around this. And Nolan, Nolan was just explaining to me, Joshy, you know, when I said, you know, who's who was the leak? Right. You know, why would this all come out on draft night? So, Josh, why would it come out on draft night? It would come out for uh, because it would maximize Aaron Rodgers' opportunity to be traded if that's what he wished to do. So you're saying Aaron Rodgers put this out on DraftNet? Yes. And Nolan, you're saying? I'm saying that the Packers leaked this on draft day. Okay. So neither of those have anything to gain <laughs> from it being leaked when it got leaked. You're saying it was the teams trying to get Rodgers? It was the 49ers! It was obviously the 49ers. But if the 49ers were the team to leak it, Craig, why did they wait so long? Because they got the third pick a long time ago, and they also... Well, again, it doesn't mean that Adam Schefter didn't have it before that. Like, Adam Adam Schefter is a reporter, so he needs to have everything confirmed. So it doesn't mean that they leaked it to Adam Schefter that day. It means that they leaked it to Adam Schefter, and then he put it out that night and that afternoon. And do you think that was done strategically by Adam Schefter, though? He, I mean, that was the perfect moment. Right. Well, I mean, definitely is as, as maximizing Adam Schefter's story. And it also is when a lot of things came together. And who knows what the actual answer is going to be when it comes to, you know, the 49ers. Because I have serious questions about the 49ers. I mean, I, I want their draft picks. I mean, I, I believe that... If the 49ers were leaking this also, obviously they knew this. They've had contact. I And, and if they were going to potentially not draft someone number three, you're telling me that their coach or their GM weren't trying to talk directly to Aaron Rodgers? 
I mean, I, I I would I'd like to see those San Francisco phone records because I'll take their first round pick next week, next year for tampering. I was going to say tampering, and we haven't seen that in the NFL in years, right? And and so okay, so so you play this whole thing out, and and let's we started at the end, but now let's go backwards because now you're hearing reports that Rogers wants Goody out, right? You you're hearing all this stuff. So well, this is not Brett Far. Yeah, I just heard Jen Lada, you know, on the show before us talking about. You know, some distinctions, which she made really clearly, right? This is not Favre again. It feels like it. And because there's not a lot of education from Aaron's side being put out there, or the Packers for their credit, there's there's a lot of like, oh my gosh, here we go again. This feels exactly the same. First big distinction we know, right? Aaron Rodgers wants to play for five to seven years. Brett Favre, we didn't know if he wants to play for five to seven minutes. Right? I mean, and this was before Aaron got drafted. The the Aaron, you know, the the far should I retire, should I not retire? That didn't start after Aaron was drafted. That was even before then that that was going on. I know you kids may not remember. How old were you, Joshy, when that was all going on? Like 12? Uh, I no, I was like 15, 16. Okay. And you two yeah, know 15, 16 right, right there. So do, so that you might not have remembered. So Rodgers was already wishy-washy on that. Favre was already wishy-washy on that. So that's a huge distinction that we're making. So forget about how good either one of them was playing at this point, because you know Favre was never going to be forced out of Green Bay. Favre was beloved to a level that Aaron Rodgers will never approach uh, in Green Bay. I mean, he could win the next two Super Bowls. There's something that Favre had. The team had been so bad for so long. He connected with the fans in a way that Aaron Rodgers never did. You know, Favre was never going to be forced out by anyone. I mean, he was not happy when they drafted Aaron the same way Aaron wasn't happy when he drafted Jordan Love, but totally a different situation. I mean, Mark Chimura, our guy, had gotten blasted by the entire media because he called Brett Favre selfish because he kept retiring and unretiring. So that's the one big distinction. So now you, you get to this situation. Brett Favre, you know, was in a spot where he then, you know, en- wanted to engineer his way to the Vikings. He couldn't do it, so he retired, he came back, he had to get traded to the Jets, had to play there. He, out of spite, wanted to go, and the Vikings had tampered with Aaron with Brett Favre. So now, totally different situation. Here's Aaron Rodgers, who has a team in the NFC Championship. Has a team in the NFC Championship. And what do the Packers do? Packers then spend two draft picks to draft Jordan Love, right? That's what trading up means, right? You're, yeah. You're, you're spending. So they spend two draft picks to draft Jordan Love, and then they spend their second-round draft pick on a position where they're clearly saying, hey, you know what? Next year, two of our guys are free agents, so we're not going to re-sign one of them at least, right? So they're spending three draft picks toward things that are not going to help them get over the top to win a Super Bowl. Backups. Yeah. Not- but A.J. Dillon is a good player, we think. Okay, but that's irrelevant. Irrelevant. See, that's where you're getting... Irrelevant. It, that It's a good player if you're not trying to win a Super Bowl in 2020. A good player if you want to be good long-term and you want to keep building assets. But the Packers had no interest, as I've said from day one, in winning a Super Bowl in 2020. And I believe the Packers... And when I say the Packers, I mean Brian Gutekunst. I don't mean Matt LaFleur. There's a big distinction. I don't when you, when you talk about the Packers, don't assume that Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur are on the same wavelength on any of this. Brian Gutekunst drafted the next quarterback. He drafted the next running back. He did not put any wide receivers around him. 
you know, obviously Robert Tunyon ends up having an amazing year, and Aaron is incredible, and Devontae Adams, we know who he is. But Brian Gutekunst put together an 8-8 eight eight team. He put together an 8-8 eight eight team so that Jordan Love could be the quarterback in 2021. I mean, that's what he did. It's, it's pretty clear when you see this. And Aaron Rodgers just messed it all up. He messed it all up by going out and being the MVP. You know, when you hear Brian Gutekunst referred to as Jerry Krause, that is not far from the truth. I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers and everyone else, we were all sat there during this offseason watching The Last Dance, and that's what was going on in front of our face. This was, this past year, it, that was what it was, right? Brian Gutekunst was Jerry Krause, you know, setting this team up because he didn't believe Aaron Rodgers was good enough anymore, and he believed he needed to build for the future, which is a legitimate take, right? He can have that take. That's, as the general manager, what you do and what he's paid to do. Aaron Rodgers, for this year at least, proved him wrong. And all Aaron Rodgers said, was wanting, again, won't publicly say this, but it's clear, Aaron Rodgers was saying, hey, you extended me for four years. I haven't completed a pass yet, and you've already drafted my replacement. So remember, last year was the first year on his four-year extension. So they signed his replacement, traded two picks, for, you know, uh, used two picks for his replacement, before he had ever started his new contract. So Aaron basically, clearly just said, all right, I want to be in Green Bay my whole career. Just guarantee me my contract. Guarantee me that the next three years, I'm going to be the quarterback of this team. So 21, 22, 23, I'm the quarterback of this team. The team has said, oh, everyone flew out. We all talked to Aaron. They have never said... We, have, we were willing to guarantee Aaron his contract, and we're willing to guarantee him three years. They clearly have not you know, mentioned three years They've at They've mentioned point. 2021, specifically. Right. And, and what they did was, hey, let's do this like little, we'll do this, we'll do that, we can move these dollars, we can massage this out. But what does Aaron Rodgers want? Aaron Rodgers wants, them to say, wants Goody to say, hey, I made a mistake, right? Like, I shouldn't have used these picks on this. We had a chance to win. We're going to commit to you. You're a quarterback for the next three years, and we're going to try to win a Super Bowl. We're going to try to win three Super Bowls. If Goody was willing to say that, and if the Packers were willing to do that, then Aaron Rodgers would be signed and locked, and, and he already signed, but he would be happy and ready to move on. Again, should the Packers do that for Aaron? I don't know. I would, but Goody's much more of a knowledgeable football person than I am. So when he looks at Jordan Love versus Aaron Rodgers in 2023, he may see something that I don't. I've never seen Jordan Love throw a pass. You know, when he thinks about him in 2022, you know, I've never seen him throw a pass. So this is what happened. Aaron Rodgers wants his contract that he agreed to, which, again, most people in the NFL don't get. So is Aaron Rodgers a diva for asking that all three years of his uh, four-year contract that are remaining are guaranteed? I don't think so. I think that's a realistic thing for a guy who's going to be 38 in December to say, hey, if I'm going to dedicate you know, my career and all this, I want to know that I'm your quarterback for the next three years. To me, that's fair. It's probably market value. I mean, on no, the open for, market. I, but he yeah. doesn't care. About, I mean, we're yeah. not talking about the money. There's no money issue here. There's no money issue for anything other than are you willing to guarantee the money because are you? am I your quarterback? And they're not, you know, Goody is not willing to say he's their quarterback. Now, again, LaFleur, LaFleur, I think, you know, I think LaFleur would guarantee him five years if he wanted five years. But LaFleur, LaFleur and Goody don't, again, don't group 
you can't just say it's the Packers because I believe LaFleur is right there next to Aaron Rodgers because LaFleur had to take the same stuff that Goody gave him last year and try to figure it out. Right. You don't think he would have wanted you know, a guy like Amari Rodgers last year? Are you kidding me? Like a, a slot guy like they haven't had since Randall Cobb, which is perfect to have. Like you don't think he was dying for like I mean, he would say Tyler Irvin's the most valuable guy in the offense. Like like I mean, so Matt LaFleur was in a, a similar spot to Aaron. And so again, don't don't group Aaron and Goody. Uh, don't group Goody and LaFleur when we're talking about this. All right, we'll we'll get to more. We we need to stay on time. We need to talk to Jason Wildy because Jason's gonna dig deeper. But um Joshy, have I given you too much to digest, or are you, how are you feeling about this? I'm 100% in lockstep with you. Okay, I, Everything right. you've said is what I believe took place. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll have more on this. We're going to break this down because there's so much confusion. There's so much, you know, I, I pick up today in the, the New York Post to talking about what a diva Aaron is. All this. There, there's a lot to dig in on this, and we'll do it more. Jason Wildy will join us in less than 20. We're going to have our 7 at 11 coming up next. The Brewers pulled out an incredible win last night. Three straight wins against the Dodgers. Best record in all of Major League Baseball. And the Bucks have the Nets in town today. What a day to be a Wisconsin sports fan. And you are listening to Sunday Karma on ESPN Wisconsin and Wisconsin On Demand. This is Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. By the way, uh, so Josh, he's here running the board from Scalzo and Brust. He's in hanging with us. And uh, I was here, like, ripping on Josh, all this stuff. And I'm, Josh is asking me about Wildy and his music and all that. I'm like, wow, see, they got Josh all wrong. Like, two segments in advance, he's, like, prepared ahead of time for Wildy. And, like, you know, he's planning ahead. And then I hear him start to play the Wildy liner. I was like, oh, no. And he's, he's what they describe. He's, he's, he doesn't have the segment right of when uh, Wildy's on. just jumped on. the gun. He was a true professional this morning. He picked me up. We got here almost 30 minutes early. I mean, wow. a, a pro's pro, I felt. He said he was going to have some big sound sheet ready for me. No, I, I, I see, sent I, it. I see. Oh, it was emailed? We, we just got it. I mean, you know, During after the, the first segment. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. I, no, that's not true. It was as the first segment started. Oh, okay. True professional, this Joshy. So... As as we as you listen to what I had to say, and as you think about this, Nolan and Nolan Murphy and for Harper Carmison today, um, the first thing you went to was what Mark Murphy? Is that the thing that jumps out to you now? Yeah, as I digested and internalized what you you know told us all here. Mark Murphy is the one that has to be accountable because he is the Packers president. He hired LaFleur. He hired Goody. This all transpired, whether it's the Niners tampering with Aaron Rodgers or what's gone on this offseason and even back to Jordan Love. This all transpired under Mark Murphy's watch. So he has to be the one, as any owner or president of a company, he has to be the one to pick the pieces up. He needs to make this right. And it's not going to be made right by letting Aaron Rodgers get traded and taking a massive cap hit. And it might not even be right by firing Goody. Maybe Mark Murphy has to step down. And by the way, the thing I told you guys before you started and then I got all fired up is that I want to hear from people. So give us a call right now, 800-990-ESPN. 800-990-3776. Where are you with this? Um, If you heard my take, do you agree or disagree with it? Um, Are are you just feeling like this is far part two? Because I don't think it's anything like what happened last time. And the thing I'll tell you on the Mark Murphy thing is, 
One of the most beautiful things about living in Wisconsin is this special thing about the Packers being owned by the community and all that. And I think the Packers would have won four or five Super Bowls by now if they had an owner. That's that's the one thing I would say. Now, the counter to that could be, hey, if they had an owner, would they have drafted Aaron Rodgers? Maybe not, right? Like maybe at that time they would have been so kowtowing to Favre that you know, Ted Thompson wouldn't have been the GM. And so it's hard to it's hard to go back and play those things out. But I think what the Packers have done in terms of sustained excellence as a publicly traded company is incredible. And it's exactly what they should do. That's what you want as a publicly traded company, right? If you're a publicly traded company, which good karma, our company, we're not. We don't, we don't need to do that. We don't need to make sure that we have 30 years of consistent performance. We can decide, you know what, we want to go all in for one year, one quarter, or we want to go 3-13 and 13 if the next rebuild. year. rebuild. Right, if the next year it's going to be 15-1. and one. You know, we want to launch the truth, and it may mean we take a step back because we're starting, you know, something from scratch. But we can do that. You know, I really believe that, Part of this comes down to, you know, not being the only team that doesn't have an owner. And that if you had any other franchise that had this many years of this elite quarterback play, you would have had significantly more hardware. Again, maybe that's a trade-off that you don't even want. Maybe it's like, hey, you know what, to have the cool story of the Packers and to be community-owned... I, it's better than having a Jerry Jones or the risk of what you'd have of some East Coast billionaire, you know, uh, some who knows what, you know, who doesn't understand this community. But I believe that the when you're managed by a board and you're a publicly held company, it's very different. You're you can't go after Randy Moss and Antonio Brown and some of those guys who, again, a lot of times don't work out, right? We've seen, you know, probably most of them don't work out when you take those chances. But when they work out, they can work out big. But you can go after those plays, you know, the players, Craig. They have a $300 million slush fund, Mark Murphy said. I mean, what's holding them back from going after the guys you just mentioned in the past? Well, if, when your community owned the Packer way, I mean, there's certain things as a publicly held company that you answer to the public in a way that a private owner does not. Let's talk to Jeff, a facility manager. You're on Sunday Karma. Morning, Jeff. Good morning. Hey, I couldn't agree with you guys more. You know, I think the whole Brett Favre thing exposed a bigger problem in Green Bay, and that is what you said, the nail on the head, Mark Murphy. You know, it started with the fact that he lied to Brian Guterhurst when he hired him as a GM, convincing him to come in and telling him he wasn't going to have full control over football decisions. You know, Green Bay can be successful again if they go back to the model Bob Harlan used and put somebody in charge of football operations in Green Bay and let the president of the organization focus on the organization. Right. That, 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 that's, that's where the problem starts. And, I mean, you know, is it coincidental that, that this came out on draft day? No. Because, you know what, they did it They did to Aaron Rodgers last year. You know, so now this is his return back to them. You know, you, you gave me a surprise on draft day. I'm going to return the favor back to you today. Well, what I would and- say is Aaron, as a player, 
and I can tell you this for sure, Aaron would not do this on draft day because he wouldn't want himself, because he would know how that would feel and look for him to be the story on draft day. Now, did his agent, David Dunn, have conversations that may have been part of this? Absolutely. But I truly believe that the reason for the timing of this was because of the 49ers and the 49ers getting involved the night before. And the 49ers thought that they had Aaron Rodgers. And the 49ers really thought they were going to pressure the Packers into dealing them Aaron Rodgers. And that's why they were so coy about that number three pick. So I think that's the timing rather than Aaron getting revenge on that. But thanks, Jeff. Uh, let's talk to uh, Larry. Uh, Traffic officer, you're on Sunday Karma. Morning, uh, Larry. Yeah, Craig, uh, nice to talk to you this morning. Um, As I spoke to the Homer and Tony show, which I go on quite a bit last week, they've got to get rid of Goody. They've got to fire him, and they've got to get rid of Mark Murphy because it all starts from the top. They're not... You know, they are not calling the shots the way it should be called. You know, Aaron is the franchise player. He's the one that plays between the lines. These two guys don't play between the lines, and they're and they're making it really tough for anyone that's a Packer fan to accept them as being the head of their uh, respective jobs. And, and as far as uh, Larry, I think that's it. I, I'm I I don't know if I would go that far, but what I would say is, if I was a board of directors, I would expect certain accountabilities. So. I would expect after this year or midway through this year for Goody to be able to call a meeting with Aaron Rodgers and to say, hey, you know what, Aaron? I was wrong. I had seen some things in your play the previous two years that concerned me, and I thought either 2020 or 2021 was going to be your last year. I'm wrong. I will now guarantee you the last three years of your contract, and we'll start over right now. And if Goody was willing to do that, you know, we wouldn't be having this conversation. So I don't think it's just that he made the draft pick and Aaron would be done. I think he had a lot of opportunity to admit what he was seeing with his eyes and maybe admit that he had made an incorrect draft choice. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that. But I mean, you got to get rid of him. I, it, the, the bottom line is, if Aaron wants to show face back with the Packers after he's told people that he's not coming back, which I kind of find uh, hard to believe because I saw that picture yesterday at the Kentucky Derby with him and some of his players. You know, David Bakhtari. I, I just don't believe that Aaron would not want to come back. I just think he he did state that he wants Goody fired. Yeah, and I, I know hear that report. And, and I, Larry, thanks for the call. I know for sure that Aaron Rodgers, at the peak of his anger of this situation, wanted to be a Packer for the rest of his career. He said that many of times. Yeah, I know that for a fact, and that's not just public to make the fans, put the fans on his side. I absolutely know that's the case. But obviously, he has to believe, you know, he knows this is going to be his legacy, right? The next six years. And so he wants to be aligned. He wants to be in an organization that's aligned. And is, are he and Mark Murphy aligned? Are he and Goody aligned? Are... LaFleur and Goody aligned. You know what? The person who's going to give us insight into that is Jason Wildy. He joins us as we continue. It's Sunday Karma, ESPN Wisconsin, and Wisconsin Island. It's Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Time for a little Jason Wildy. You heard it. Brought to us by Boucher Automotive. The best 
inventory vehicles in all of Wisconsin right there at Boucher.com. Good morning, Jason. Good morning, Craig. How are you today? Good. So obviously we want to break down rounds four through six of the draft exactly. right now. Exactly. Yes, yeah. How do they pass on Quinn Miners? Yes, exactly. By the way, on a side note, I had texted uh, friends two weeks ago saying that Amari Rogers would be the perfect pick for the Packers. So I really like You it. should take a victory lap of that. That's awesome. Yes. Good call. I, I love getting uh you know a slot guy and i love uh i even like the running back they picked at the end I, more from his social media and all that but anyway so this week has been crazy i gave my take on this for the first uh segment we took some calls on it and we've heard all the different angles on this and jason i think the first thing i want to start with is the text i sent you when this happened because you and i were both confused and usually like as chess players in this world of Packers espionage, we're usually ahead of the game. But what we couldn't figure out was who would have leaked this. Because we knew, knowing Aaron Rodgers, he doesn't want to be this on draft day. It's just not how he deals with it. And the way the article came out with all the flights out there, that doesn't make him look good. But we also know the Packers wouldn't want to do this on the day of the draft or at any time, right? Like to have this out there, but clearly the Packers had talked to Adam Schefter in the article. So I think that's where it starts. And then, you know, you obviously get to who had, you know, who had motive. And the motive is the team who no one understood their draft, right? The 49ers had traded up to three. Everyone thought they knew what they were doing. And then all of a sudden for a week and a half, everyone's like, well, what are they doing? No one knows who they want. They're saying there's five guys they're looking at. And then it comes out that John Lynch did, in fact, call the Packers. So isn't it then obvious that this is where this all came from? Yeah, so here's, and again, I don't have full confirmation, and I don't, I don't know Adam Schefter well enough to say, hey, can you tell me what exactly happened here so I can... Uh, talk intelligently about it. I mean, we're, we're buddies, but not that close. And so here is, here is my, I guess, theory. And then we can go from there and you can tell me if it makes sense. So it all starts as, um, Schefter's known this for a while. Right. And quite frankly, we all have, right. I mean, Tausch and I have been talking about this for a very long time and let's be realistic. We talked around it because we, we couldn't get Aaron Rodgers to go on the record about it, right? That's the reality. And so Schefter knows what's going on. And then uh, Paul Allen, the radio play-by-play guy for the Vikings, who would be tight with uh, George Payton, who is the new GM of the Broncos, right, because he worked in – Minnesota for a very long time. You know, the Broncos want to be in on this. The Broncos have, you know, they've been mentioned as one of the teams that could very well be in on Aaron Rodgers, right? And so George Payton clearly tells Paul Allen something about, hey, we're, the, the Packers might be willing to trade Rodgers. We're interested. We're, you know, putting feelers out. Or Rodgers wants but, out, you know, however it was right, working. whatever yeah. it might be, right. And, and so, but he says, hey, the 49ers are in on him too. And, and sounds like they've made an offer for him. Okay. So that, so then that breaks, you know, it, 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 it gets out there. Some other people put it out there as well. 
Next thing you know, everybody's talking about how the 49ers are interested in Aaron Rodgers. So now Adam Schefter is like, okay, i got to go with it now. I've known this for months, but now it's time to write it and break it. And so he does. And so as a writer, has he already kind of written that, knowing that on a moment's notice he may need to go with it? Has he already pre-written that story? Okay. Yes, but one of the things that he surely did before going with it, because that, that, you know, Tausch and I were on the air when the 49ers part of this story kind of came out. And quite frankly, I got a text from somebody before I would say, before I said anything on the radio, which was good, that said, hey, don't downplay this. This is true. There's truth to this. And so that was good because otherwise I would have poo-pooed it because it didn't make any sense, right? By the way, uh, when Jason says somebody, uh, Nolan, who I, when you smiled when he said somebody, who are you thinking somebody is when he says somebody? Uh, probably a quarterback at some point that's played for the Green Bay Packers. Okay. I mean, we'll just be vague. <laughs> All right, like keep that. going. Keep going, Tim Jason. Boyle. Yep, Tim Boyle. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, of course, Adam Schefter then in turn would call the Packers and say, hey, look, I'm going with this. If you want to be on the record, you want to get out in front of it, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do it, right? So the Packers, of course, look at this and go, hey, if he's going to put it out there anyway, we should get. We need to get in front of this somehow. And so what he, what they, of course, did and, and by say, the way, they may say, hey, we're not going to talk unless Aaron's side has confirmed it. And he may say, hey, I have it confirmed from Aaron's side too. Right. So the Packers now look at this as an opportunity to to put their spin on it, right? And so the spin is, hey, we've offered them a contract extension, which, of course, they don't give the timeline of when they would have made that offer because that would factor in on how this is viewed, right? Both both when they gave that and how many years, you know, they offered. But they say they're able to say that because that helps the, the way they look. And then they also say, hey, Mark Murphy flew out there. Goody flew out there, Matt LaFleur flew out there all to talk to Aaron and try and convince him that he's our guy and we want him back. So they did not, I don't think they leaked it, but I think they took advantage of it getting out there to put their own spin on it. And that's, look, frankly, that's smart of them, right? Because now this is a, this is a battle in the court of public opinion. And then when Charles Robinson reports yesterday that it's kind of a, Hey, look, it's him or me. To the Goody or it's me. And and Rogers didn't necessarily say that himself, but that's what the implication has been. Well, now you're fighting a another front of a public relations battle, right? Because yeah. now who do you side with? Right. So they, how do you feel about Aaron Rodgers basically saying, even though he didn't flat out say it, look, either you trade me or you fire Goody. Because those are your options, because I'm not going to play as long as he's the GM. So those are all the different tentacles to this, and that's how now it's kind of exploded into the light, where now it's like, oh boy, now what? And Jason, I think also when people say, oh, it's the Packers versus Aaron Rodgers, I don't think, like, you know, the coach of the Packers, I don't think it's fair to necessarily include him, which we'll, we'll get Agreed. to later. But uh, so, Jason, a lot of people have, hey, Aaron has this chip on his shoulder, the second Goody drafted love. Aaron, uh, Aaron was done with him. Get, how about this scenario? And, and I don't know, you would know better, how aggressive Goody was in terms of building the relationship with Aaron this year during his MVP year. If Goody went down to Aaron during week 5, 8, 11, 13 and said, hey, you know what, dude, I was wrong. 
I looked at the previous two years. I saw some declines in your numbers and, and your skills. I thought that either this year or next year was going to be your last year with us. But now I'm wrong. You know what? This is mm-hmm. you, You're our guy. You had a four-year extension you signed with us. You're our guy for those four years. Let's make that official. I'll guarantee that for you. And, um, and let's move forward together. Um, you know Aaron pretty well. How would that have been met? Is is it hey he's already dead to me so I don't care or what what would have what that what would that have been like and what do you, as far as you know has Goody's interest been in building that relationship with Aaron Rodgers? I think that has been perhaps Goody's biggest failure is that and, and I have a friend in the NFL who has a theory on this and I think it's a really good one. I've mentioned it a couple times before. But essentially his theory is that guys that are area scouts, like Goody was for so long, a grinder who goes to colleges and watches all the tape, don't develop the same level of personal skills with players as guys that don't come up that way. Like a John Schneider, frankly. And John Schneider has his foibles, but you see him. I mean, you see him without his shirt on in the Seattle locker room years ago, right? Like, and he's got his own issues with his own quarterback. Don't make the, don't make mistakes there. But he's got a great way with people. And so, I do think that one of Goody's weaknesses, and I don't know if he'd acknowledge it or not, is his people skills. And he did acknowledge that he didn't do a good enough job of communicating to Rodgers at the time of the love pick. That that's what he was doing. Didn't call him ahead of time. Um, he called him, somebody told me yesterday, he called him before he cut Jordy. But not to say, hey, what do you think of this? It was to say, hey, we're cutting Jordy. So, again, there's a difference between including him, not necessarily kowtowing to everything he says to do, but including him versus just telling him, hey, I'm giving you a heads up, this is what we're doing. And so I think that has been a consistent issue between the two. And I'll say this too, like Elliot Wolf, I don't know if Elliot Wolf would be a great GM or not. He hasn't had the opportunity yet, but I would see Elliot Wolf come through the locker room on a regular basis. Now he didn't stay in the locker room. He wouldn't come in the locker room and then spend a whole bunch of time there because that's the player's inner sanctum. But he would come through like he was on his way to work out and he would say, you know, just stop by Roger's locker and say, hey, how you doing? You know, what's going on? Stay for 30 seconds. But he would touch each room in that way and, or each player's locker area in that way. And I think that that goes a long way. So all those things, you put all those things together, you put the miscommunications or lack of communications, you put together the fact that that makes things a little bit more personal and those issues start to come up. And the picture starts to get a little bit clearer. The question is, how do you fix it? And the other question, you mentioned it, and I'm sure we'll get to it next, is where does Matt LaFleur land in all this? I have a pretty good idea of where Matt LaFleur lands in all this. Oh, Jason. It's a really tough spot. Jason is saying that, and that is where we're going to continue. Because, Jason, I know you know I always have to push it one step further. What if uh, when, when we come back, Jason will tell us where he thinks Matt LaFleur lands, but also answer the question of, what if Matt LaFleur said, it's him or me, that I'm out if Goody stays as well? So that, uh, you know, I think he would be pretty marketable coming off back-to-back 13 and three years. So if he also 
made it known that he did not want to remain head coach as long as Goody was the general manager. We'll get that answer and more from Jason Wilde as we continue. It's Sunday Karma, ESPN Wisconsin, and Wisconsin On Demand. It's Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Jason Wilde, Nolan Murphy, and Josh DiMaggio in for Kyle Wallace and Harper Carmazan. And uh, Jason, Matt LaFleur gets very interesting. So you said you have a take uh, and thoughts on where LaFleur stands on this. My In the first segment, what I said is, I don't see how LaFleur can't feel like he was set up to fail this past year also. When the first three, when three picks were used for two of them for Jordan Love and then one for a position that they had two guys already. Um, right. And so that I feel like he has to be pretty aligned with Aaron Rodgers in this just for that reason alone. But where is LaFleur and could you see LaFleur getting to a him or me with Goody? Well, that's where things would get really contentious and really interesting. I mean, he's got. You know what? He's twenty-six and six plus two and two in the postseason. Um, he's had a lot of success in his two years as head coach. And Goody and Lafleur supposedly are on the same line on the organizational flowchart, right? So they they're both not, report they're, they're to equal. Mark Murphy, right? So correct. He Goody right. is the GM, does not hire the coach, and he's not the coach's boss. Correct. Exactly. So. What is what is Matt Lafleur's play if he's unhappy? Because let's just think of it purely pragmatically. If you're a coach, the biggest thing you want is to keep winning. You know, you want to win a title, whatever else, but to keep your job, right? Who gives him a far better chance to keep his job and the rest of his assistant coaches to keep their jobs long term? It's not. It's it's riding the guy who's going to the Hall of Fame and has said he still wants to play five to seven more years. It's not risking going to an unproven first-round pick who, look, he could be very good, but the chances of that are pretty slim. Now, frankly. by the way, if there was like a Aaron Rodgers for Russell Wilson straight-up trade, I think Matt Lafleur might uh, all of a sudden be aligned with that one, right? A little younger guy yeah. and you know, top five quarterback I, uh, in the league. I offered that to John Schneider when we talked the other night. He he, he passed, but I don't have the authorization to do that. Yeah. So, but the, look, the, he's he's both in a really rock and a hard place spot, but also a really interesting spot where he has to figure out how much juice and power he has, and whether if he does have it, whether he's willing to exercise it because. I, look, he is. If he has to pick a team here, he is Team Rogers, just for self-preservation, but also for you know. I don't get the sense that Goody really consults with him on much either in talking to some people. That you know, it's not like he comes down and says, "Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think?" And that's starting to sound like a theme on what goes on. In that building, and you know, Tash and I talked about this. Which, by the way, is that what Ted Thompson was like? Because you you've said before that Goody was kind of like watched Ted Thompson a lot. Like, is that the yeah. mold of what Ted Thompson was? Yes, 
It is. I, I and I, and again, there are those. There's this. There's the old school mentality. And look, I don't run a company the way you do, but there's a mentality of look, I'm the boss. You work for me. I'm going to make decisions, kind of like Gene Hackman and Hoosiers. What I say when it comes to this basketball team is the law. Absolutely and without discussion. And then, obviously, at the end, Jimmy Chitwood says, I can make the shot. I don't know if that works in 2021 or not, but you saw that the Chicago Bears, for whatever failings they have, they called Andy Dalton before they drafted Justin Fields. Like, I don't like at, think about where Andy Dalton is, a in his accomplishments of his career, and b in his time with the Chicago Bears, and yet they still called him before making trading up and making that pick. And Rogers finds out on television while he's on the radio with Pat McAfee that they're drafting Jordan Love. Like that to me is look. I'm not going to do. I'm the boss. I'm not going to do everything you tell me to do, but I'm going to include you in the process. And sometimes I'm going to take your idea and say, you know what, that's a good point, and take it under advisement and maybe change my mind. Other times I'm going to say, I appreciate where you're coming from, but this is what we're doing. I think this is the best decision. I have my reasons. I respect your input. It mattered, but we're still going to go this way. But in Goody's case, it's this is what we're going to do, and I'll let you know what we've decided to do. And I think that that has created problems not just for the quarterback but others. Uh, a, I got chills when you said Jimmy Chitwood said he would make the shot for some reason. I get chills every time I think about that moment. What an incredible moment that was. Uh, Great and, moment in film. And B, um, so back to Mark Murphy then on this, which I think a lot of it comes to. He's got LaFleur and he's got Goody. This can't be the first time this is bubbling up for him. And there's a board of directors in Green Bay. We don't have an owner. And I made the statement that I think the Packers would, if they had Rodgers and Favre, which they may not have had if they had an owner, but if they had both of them and an owner, they would have won at least double the Super Bowls that they have because they would have tried more and failed more, but also would have also uh, succeeded on a few things. Um, Where does this all play out? And does Murphy, you know, have to make, decisions or does he just wait and see and let Goody do it? I mean, giving empowering Goody is a, a big decision. I mean, what does Mark Murphy do and what's your sense of his relationship with his boss, which is his board of directors right now, and the two guys that we're talking about that he manages? Yeah, those are all factors in this, and, and I don't have any clear-cut answers. I will say this. I am convinced that if Mark Mur- let's let's call Mark Murphy the owner. Okay, just for this argument. Mark Murphy was there for the summer of 2008. He lived it. He went down to Mississippi with that uh, suitcase full of money to try and can bribe Brett Favre to stay retired. He lived through that. If he was, in fact, the owner and had the power to say, look, this is my team. I pay the, I write your checks around here. Don't you think that he would have overruled Goody on drafting Jordan Love? and said, look, uh, we're not going to go through this again. We can't, I can't do it again. Yeah, I know his numbers are down the last two years, but I lived through the first time around. Goody was just the Southeast Area Scout in 2005. He was not one of the major But he players. is, I mean, he has that ability in his current role, right? He can't make a first-round draft pick without Mark Murphy. I th- well, I mean, Mark Murphy would like, would like to be able to say, look, that I give him 
control the 53-man roster. He can do with it what he wants. But my point is, is that if you're an owner and it's your money, you're able to say, look, we're not doing this. You know, I, I, I'm not, I'm sorry to undercut you. But yeah, we're, we're, we just were in the NFC championship. We're not going to use two picks on a, on a third string quarterback or even Correct. backup quarterback. Correct. And so to me, that's one area where not having an owner has clearly had a meaningful and problematic impact. I'm sure there are drawbacks to it as well, but in that pure instance, we're not sitting here if there's an owner that can say, look, we're not doing this again. And you would think that Rodgers, if, you know, put him in another city with an owner, I'm guessing that owner, just like the Bucks ownership group with Giannis, would have done everything to cultivate a very close relationship where they could talk. And I just don't, that isn't the dynamic in Green right. Bay. I mean, Kraft is kissing Tom Brady, uh, you know, even after he's leaving. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> it's very different. But uh, real quick, Jason, so... It, is the board kind of a figurehead thing, or does the board have legitimate power in this with, in Green Bay? So the, the big question now, because quite frankly, they didn't when Bob Harlan took the reins as president, because Bob Harlan was so stinking good at his job that the board, you know, the board listened to him when he said, look, Ron's going to trade this, uh, our, one of our first-round picks for this uh, guy who missed the team picture because he was hung over in Atlanta. And they respected Bob and didn't meddle like past board of directors and executive committees had before with football operations. And we saw what it ha- what happened, right? They had a Hall of Fame GM, built a Super Bowl champion, built another team that went to a Super Bowl. I don't know if now they have reached a point where, and that's why I, I bring up John Bergstrom, because he's got Aaron Rodgers advertising for all of his car dealerships. He is a power broker on that executive committee. I just wonder if the executive committee is watching this going, all right, they're going to pressure Mark Murphy to say, look, if the choice is between a decent, mediocre, good, however you want to rate Goody as a GM or a Hall of Fame quarterback, we think you need to side with the Hall of Fame quarterback. We think that's what you have to do. So, uh, again, I don't – I guess we'll have to wait and see, but I I wouldn't be surprised if – they got to the point where they started trying to meddle. I don't know if they can effectively meddle, but I wouldn't Oh, they're already, they're already meddling. It's just a matter of how much power do they have. I mean, come on. If you're in Green Bay right now and you're on that executive committee or that board, you've been meddling for at least uh, three and a half days at this point. I don't know how those types of things work. I'll take your word for it. And Jason, you're right. They're not ever going to build a statue for Goody outside Lambeau Field. They might build one for Aaron Rodgers someday. So if you're on the board of directors, you have to think about what's the more valuable piece. Who's harder to get? A Hall of Fame quarterback or a GM for a couple years that the track record is still out? Again, who is 26-6 and six also, right, over the last two years? You just have to decide, is that, did he put together a 26-6 and six roster or did Aaron Rodgers will that group into being 26-6? and six? I mean, I think right. that's that's a big part of what Mark Murphy has to decide uh, through all of this. Um, well, and you have to, you also have to be willing to look at it and say, okay, Midwestern sensibilities would say, well, that's a really crummy thing to do as a quarterback to say, hey, it's either him or me, which I understand because for me, I look at that and go, boy, that's a really crummy thing to do. But that doesn't mean that it's not the right thing to do. It's. I was saying this to somebody yesterday that I was talking to. Ted used to. 
Wait, 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 Jason, Jason. Uh, you know what? Everyone was so hard on Aaron for forcing out Mike McCarthy. And did it? Did he do a him or me? He made it difficult on Mike McCarthy. I haven't heard one person complain about that over the last three years. <laughs> right? No one's been saying, hey, you know what? Sure. You know, Mike McCarthy got a raw deal and Aaron forced him out. And what's, well, you know, Aaron wants to win. So if he's doing things, it's because he wants to win. So uh, if, if that makes That's him... True. A bad person, then then he, he's a bad person. But he's doing it, you know, for the reason that he got into this, and this is his legacy. And and like you said, if he's not even going to be consulted on anything, maybe he's like, you know what? Maybe for the last six years of my contract, I'd like to have an Andy Dalton like status in the organization that I'm going to be with. I want to be respected like the Andy Daltons of this league at this point. You know, maybe he's he feels like he's earned being thought of as the way the Bears think of Andy Dalton right now, which I, I wouldn't think is that crazy. Yeah, it's crazy to say that, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, Uh, Last quickie, Jason. Does Kyle Shanahan, did he get a new cell phone in the last two days in case uh, there's any investigations coming up? I mean, you'd have to think that with John Lynch openly saying that they went after Aaron Rodgers, and, you know, my belief that this whole story kind of came, and as you said, it came from maybe Denver coming from San Fran. I mean, is there, I mean, could the Packers end up with some draft picks out of this? I mean, is this a potential tampering situation where, you know, people wouldn't have been doing this unless they were talking directly to Aaron Rodgers? From what I can tell, tampering is really hard to prove, right? I mean, the Vikings clearly tampered with Brett Favre years ago, but they weren't able to prove it. Um, do I think that Kyle Shanahan has a new phone number today? I do. Or or his wife does because he was using her phone. Yep. Um, very interesting. Matt Rule's wife uh, also uh, helping making uh, draft picks of uh, Chubba Hubbard, I believe. Um, so she uh, does not need a new phone number because everyone's happy with that pick. Jason, crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, last question. What day will this all be resolved? I wish I could say that that day was uh, July, May 2nd. August. Can you even get pick a month? Pick a month. What month will this be resolved? I don't think they can wait till September. I don't think they can wait till August. I think I, the question for me is after the way Rogers didn't want to be on camera at the Kentucky Derby talking about anything Packers related is will he backtrack? He has a history of doing it. Will he backtrack on this? That's well, the million well, again, dollar question. Aaron would not, and I think Jason, you can put into uh, Boyle's head or whichever uh, Packers quarterbacks you do text with that it wouldn't be backtracking at all. Like he hasn't right, said for him, yeah, right? He, right. He has not said those things. He has said like he doesn't think he'll be back and all that. But I mean, just let's keep him calm. You know, any quarterbacks you do text with Jason, keep them calm. And if you know if they're willing to give the mea culpas that they need to give, let's just keep Aaron calm through all this. Let's. Uh, I let's... will tell Matt Flynn that you said hello. And, ho- yes. and hopefully we hear them on Wildey and Tausch this coming week. Yes, Seneca no, Wallace, which, Seneca Wallace, whichever Packers quarterbacks you end up texting with, um, let's just keep them all calm. That's uh, that's what we want to make sure we're doing. All right, thanks, Jason. All right, guys, take care. Be good. Yeah, there he is, Jason Wilde, uh brought to us by Boucher Automotive. It's crazy stuff. I mean, it's it's insane. The this tampering too. I mean, that is just another layer of it. But and but I mean, ultimately, we don't care about that, right? No, like, we want the we, relationship. Twenty seventh. We don't want the twenty seventh pick of the draft and not to have Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but I mean, I would take the 49ers an extra first round pick. But I mean, we'd probably end up trading for another quarterback because it wouldn't have one <laughs> yeah. at that point. Um, 
I, I don't know. I don't know where this goes. I think the one place we do know where it goes is to the 7 at 11. That's next. It's Sunday Karma, ESPN Wisconsin and Wisconsin On Demand.